Hi, welcome to the Navigators First Responder Ministry Podcast. My name is Chris Green and I'm your host. Join us today as we talk to Art Allen on the importance of using the Cross T Paths or Cross Paths tool. You can download this for free at navigatorsresponder.org. Thanks for uh, traveling to meet me, and we're kind of sitting in the middle of a Red Lion Hotel during COVID-19, far from everyone, um, and we're going to talk about this uh, great chart you put together. Um, other Navigator tools have been developed, um, and you've taken a lot of the tools the Navigators has and other organizations have had, and then you took an old kind of tool that the Navigators had and refined it, made it better, um, and today we're going to talk about this tool. Uh, but real quick, let's get to know Art. If you don't know Art, he's works with our Air Force Ministry in the military, and he works with the First Responder Ministry as well. Gives us some time. So Art, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to dive into this chart. Well, I was called to the Navigators while I was activated for uh, the 9/11 situation way back when, and uh, came on staff uh, in San Antonio, and that's where I started uh, full time uh, at. What base was that? That was uh, Fort Sam, Houston. Hate it when that happens. I know. Just go blank. It's so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, then ended up at Fort Hood for 12 years, and now I'm up at McCord Air Force Base with the military ministry. Uh, now I'm uh, working with Air Force folks and first responders and Army all in the same area. Perfect. All right. Let's dive into this chart. If you haven't downloaded it yet at navigatorsresponder.org, we have the chart available it's also going to be on our Academy website when that launches in October uh, of 2020. But right now we're going to talk about the Cross T Paths ministry chart. Um, so if you've got it, you can follow along with us. If you don't, just listen. Uh, you'll get it. You'll understand it. Art's going to walk us through it. So as we're looking at the chart art, uh, funny chart art, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's talk about this. Uh, let's start with the non-believer, talk about how this, this path works. Okay, well, uh, I, I do need to explain that it's kind of divided up into four sections. Uh, there's the top section, which is what I call the state of maturity. So there's different levels of maturity and understanding of uh, the Lord and, and what he's called us to. And on that's the uh, horizontal column. Then there's a horizontal column at the bottom we call the ministry phase. And that's what we do with, with folks in different levels of maturity and understanding. Um, then there's the vertical column. That's the one you're referring to. Uh, on the left side of the cross, uh, before a person becomes a Christian, uh, that's the lost and what we do with the lost. And then on the right side of the cross, after a person becomes a Christian, there's different levels of maturity and understanding and, and you know, faith practice. So um, the, the left side of the cross is... Um, and just to clarify, so if you're not able to see it, what we're doing, he's going to walk us. If you could see it, you would see a path like a guy can walk across the path from left to right on the page. And we're going to walk this guy from a non-believer. He's on the non-believer side on the left yeah. side. We're going to walk him all the way to the right side and show you how the discipleship process works. Yeah, well, we all started as a non-believer on the left side of the cross at some point in our life. And we can probably point to somebody that helped us get to where we are now as our, in our faith in our, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, someone helped us there. So uh, this illustration captures the Great Commission 
And just as Jesus crossed the path for us, we cross the path for others so they can come to the Lord and then grow in the Lord after they come to the Lord. So dealing on the left side of the cross, there's a, there's a column that just, uh, of the description of what that person is uh, described as, what characterizes them, um, what phase of ministry uh, we're, we would be in, what our actions of love would be for that person, those people, uh, some training objectives, some helpful tools and illustrations, books. And so we're going to just walk through that. Of what, what would you do with someone who's, who doesn't know the Lord yet? Yeah. So we're starting with a non-believer. So we have a non-believer. non-believer. So walk us through from the non-believer column. Just start there. Okay, so there's many things that keep folks from coming to even hearing the gospel. And that's what I call, call a pitfall. And some of the pitfalls for a lost person would be there's no help. No one is helping them to understand. Um, and you'll see that in all of these phases of maturity. People need help to continue on in their faith. And so there might be ignorance of uh, spiritual things. There might be guilt that's keeping them from moving forward. Uh, needs that need to be met. Questions, objections that need to be answered. Uh, hurts and false teaching and all kinds of things. Religious confusion. And so a, a lost person can stay lost unless there's answers to these issues. And these are these are the pitfalls. And on the chart, he's got a person on, you got, you got a guy in the pitfall. And so we come along as agents of Christ, ambassadors of Jesus, yeah. and we're, we're going to help them get out of this pit. Yeah, so the guy in the, in the, you'll see in the pit on the chart is not the, the non-believer, it's the believer helping that person continue smooth transition to the yep. cross. Yep. Just like Christ crossed the path for us, we cross the paths for pitfalls for others. And so uh, how would you characterize a non-believer? Well, Jesus um, said in Matthew 9, 36, that they're distressed, dispirited, they're they're shepherdless. And in another place in Isaiah, uh, they're afflicted, broken, captive, they're prisoners, Uh, there's hostilities, they're deceived, they're convicted, because the Lord said he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. They're needy, uh, but the Lord says many are ready right now to believe. And so that's what characterizes a lost person. So then you drop down into the ministry phase, the second section on the bottom, horizontal. So, so what, what is the ministry phase? Well, it's, it's the phase of evangelizing and witnetizing. Now, it's two different terms right there. Um, and so witnetizing is a word that I made up because not everyone is an evangelist. If you look the word up evangelist in the Bible and the Greek and also witness, two different words. Evangelist is is uh, basically someone who proclaims the gospel. Someone who goes in and proclaims and uh, gets the gospel moving. And has a very unique and special gift to do that. Yes, it's a gifting, and uh, but not everybody's gifted that way. God didn't call everyone to be evangelist, but He did call everyone to be a witness. So that word witness is is denoted in that it means martyr, mm. and Jesus called us to die, mm. right? So we die to self and we live unto Him, and so. He calls us in that life to be a witness. I have to say, do you find it, it's somewhat fascinating in the Christian church, we don't distinguish between the spiritual gift of evangelism and talking about being a witness, and then we definitely don't use the word martyr. Uh, we we kind of want it easy, easy, but what we discover in discipleship is you do give up your life to really help these men and women get across these pitfalls that stop them from seeing the Christ. So I, when I first saw this chart, the witnessing 
I love it because you're right. We're not all called to be evangelists, and oftentimes people in the church use that as an excuse not to, yeah, to do you, that. But it, you're right. Everybody's called to be a martyr or a witness. When you use the word evangelize and evangelist, you lose most people in the in the walk with the Lord to to go out and do that because they don't understand. They don't feel gifted. That's not their calling in a way. But we're all called to be a witness. And a witness, they're just saying, "Hey, here's what has happened in my life because Christ has come," and yeah. they're just. They're testifying to that. That's what that's a testimony right. is. So and it's, that's another denotion of the word or definition right. is a testimony. Right. So they're they're just saying, hey, this is what happened. You can take it or leave it. You can discount my experience or not, but this is really what happened. And and it, it actually seems to be almost one of the most effective forms of helping people see Jesus. Yeah, and, that, and that's, the, that's the ministry phase, witnessing. What does that look like? Well, we're living among the lost. Uh, we're answering questions, objections. We're a meeting spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional needs. We're, we're getting a hearing for the gospel um, by, by living among and loving on. So what is our actions of love? Well, just like Christ, he sought them out. He sought to save that which is lost. And that's, that's what we do also. Uh, we serve. We initiate conversations and invitations. We offer forgiveness uh, to the hurts and the, and the issues. Um, we bless says bless he says be patient with um and so that's what we do in our action and what does that action look like well we're looking at training objectives now we drop down into that little box there um well they need to know god they need to know about god uh they need to be given the gospel that's that's a training objective uh they need to know what it means to receive christ um they need to know what it means to relinquish control of their life to christ and then dealing with their objections and their questions. Now, on that particular thing, uh, there are many objections to the faith. You, you can look at the Internet and see people's hostilities and all that and hear what they're saying. But what I say is an objection is really a heart question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we got to get behind that heart question to deal with that objection. And so normally if, if there's a question, then that's an invitation for us to invite them to Christ's invitation, right. come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, yep. and I'll give you rest. That's great, great. So, so that's what we're doing in the tra- with the training objectives. And then what are some helpful tools and books that might uh, be used in with a lost person? Well, uh, the Bible, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the number one book. Um, <laughs> yep. And then uh, maybe an investigative study through one of the Gospels. Um, your testimony, you've, you've got to have a testimony to share with folks. Um, and then maybe some stories of hope like uh, Zacchaeus, a woman at the well, the rich young ruler, just dealing with what was in those stories that uh, show that there's hope. And um, so maybe a helpful illustration. I got one down here, the bridge illustration, and that can be shared many different ways. There's a one-verse bridge. There's a comprehensive bridge. And, but have at least one way to share a visual yeah. Be prepared to give them an answer, exactly. and so you, you really have to study. One thing I will say, one of the things I like about this, because you have different phases they're in, and if you're – a first responder, you think about this, this is like the FTEP. You've got the, the dude that hasn't even been recruited yet, and then he gets on with the department, and you're, you, you basically you are training him up. You're, you're training him to be a disciple maker. The thing that I found interesting and I found is we do apologetics. That's a common thing that's happening, is that apologetics doesn't always apply at the witnessing phase. It actually applies later. Apologetics is usually more helpful for someone who's already following Jesus and not the person who first takes the step in. And so I like that uh, there, there is a need for some apologetics here uh, or being prepared to answer. But 
oftentimes their needs aren't super, they're not ex- able to express their deepest need. And so here we're just introducing them to the idea and the hope of Jesus. That's right. That's right. And many take these objections into the faith that they never got answered. Right. And so it, it keeps that, that's another pitfall. They yeah, need to I, learn. I often tell people often they'll get in a boat, they'll step onto the boat, even though they're not sure the boat's going to float. It's only when the boat's crossing the ocean that they want, they're like, okay, now I need to know that's going to float. And that's when apologetics comes in. Right. So oftentimes people will get in the boat of the faith early on, but then they're like, hey, I got questions. How do we really know? And then we have answers for that. Okay. That's right. That's right. So now we're going to move right back up to the top uh, horizontal section. And there's two uh, continuum lines there that I've drew out. Um, one is, the, what does it take for all of this to happen? Um, there's a lot of prayer that needs to go into your relationships, especially in the area of the lost, um, to, uh, to ask God to work in their life in such a way so you have open doors that you can go in there with uh, the open door to love, to serve, and to eventually share your faith with them. So it takes prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing it takes is time. Uh, time is, uh, is going to let God use uh, what has been shared to, to permeate the heart. And then... Uh, and, and I'll add to that. You said that you have to be willing to, to give, give up your life. That's right. The weird part is what you're really giving up early on, definitely as a disciple maker, is you're giving up your time. You, exactly. Right? So the sacrifice isn't, we're, we're not being called necessarily right this second to go in and die. We're just, we need to give up our time, all the things and distractions. And so this chart points it out well. Yeah, and, and that time also looks at your whole life, not just after work, I'm going to go do this. It's right. how you live. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's, it's uh, who, who you intentionally engage with at lunchtime. Uh, maybe giving up your own private lunch in your car or whatever and, and hanging out with somebody, that kind of stuff. It takes time. And you see that because you have across the top, you have to acknowledge the lordship. There's a lordship acknowledgement. Yeah, and let me get to that yep. here in a second. Um, but the spirit of God is also at work in people's lives. Uh, I mentioned already, Jesus said that when the spirit comes, he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He's at work in everybody all the time, and we are uh, looking for the opportunities where God is working. And so the Spirit of God is going to help us uh, there. Um, also, circumstances. People get into circumstances. They, they might have an issue, going through a rough time. We can be there to cross the path for them. And then one of the most important, obviously, or, or needs to be identified is it takes our intentionality. This doesn't happen um, by chance. You, you have to engage people. You've got to be intentional. So then you mentioned the Lordship. That was the next line that goes across the top there. Lordship uh, is knowing who you're believing in mm-hmm. and then submitting to the Lord. So Lordship doesn't start after you become a believer. Lordship acknowledges who you're believing in and then surrendering your life to him. So uh, Romans 10.9 kind of points that out is that uh, for a person to be saved, it says you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. You've got to know who he is and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And because of that, he saves you. Mm. So lordship is acknowledging that just like Luke uh, um, 2.11, uh, unto this day is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So you need to know who you're believing into and submit to him as you start living this life under him. Um, so, yes, those are critical points of uh, discipleship. So as we move, what we've introduced so far is you've got the nonbeliever with this questions. 
he's in this pit, and let's call this this guy Bruce for a second. Okay. So Art is going to lead Bruce to Christ. And so what Art does is he sacrifices his life, he sacrifices his time, and he gets into the pit and helps uh, Bruce get across. Okay. He becomes that bridge, and if you could see it, you would see it's a bridge illustration. We're now at a point where the cross, Jesus is doing this, and you're helping him. The biggest pit of ever, you know, the biggest pit ever, the chasm yeah. of sin and brokenness. Um, so when we return on our next podcast, we're going to keep moving across. So thank you, Art, for starting to show us this, and uh, we'll be right back.